The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's Steelers Week, ladies and gentlemen. Steelers Week around Hootay Nation. Good to have all of you with us. This is Listener Questions Live on the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. And I am, I'm Anthony Cazenza, whatever about me, but I'm joined by the coach, the coach, Matt Minnick. Uh, I'm glad we finally get to do this, man. I feel like we've done it with with John Sheeran. Uh, you and I haven't haven't done this, just you and I. So I've been looking forward to this. Uh, how you doing, man? Doing good, yeah. It's it's good. We've had a lot of a lot of collaboration lately. John and I did a show. Uh, we were just talking about it uh, earlier in the week, watching some film on on the rookies, what they've done this year. Uh, we had the the two mega podcasts <laughs> over in the last week with uh, uh, with New Stripe City and uh, and Zim, and yes, uh, it's always always good. It's always a lot more fun doing uh, you know getting involved with some other people here. I'm usually talking to myself on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've I've. I've done the the solo thing too, and that uh, I mean it's it's good, and you get in a groove. But sometimes you know you're kind of like, uh, is anyone there? Knock, knock, knock. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> good to have you with me, man. Um, and I'm sure people are going to be looking forward to your insight. And for those of you who are uh, joining us live, first of all, thank you because this was as I tend to do things. I just decided last minute we we're going to throw a show together. So uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate all of the listeners tuning in last minute, and Matt. I appreciate you jumping in last minute and, and agreeing to come on with me. We wanted to do uh, some listener questions live, and we'll tell you how to get in touch with us in just a second. But we wanted to do this just because we've been bringing you a lot of different stuff, as Matt mentioned, this week, right? We had the the collaboration shows, the, the, actually the last two weeks, the, the collaboration shows with Chalk Talk, Orange and Black Insider, and New Stripe City, all of the Cincy Jungle podcasters kind of came together for a couple of big shows. Matt had a really interesting interview with JT O'Sullivan, former Bengals quarterback. That's on the Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel. Uh, I believe it's on our uh, – it's on. It's in a lot of different spots. Uh, so you can check that out. That was really, really cool. Uh, and, and go check out QB School, JT O'Sullivan's channel. That's a really cool YouTube channel as well. Uh, I had the chance to speak with Ike Taylor, former Steelers defensive back. That was a lot of fun. And then, of course, Matt mentioned the film review that he and John Sheeran did earlier this week, too. So even though it was a bye week, we weren't taking the weeks off. We were doing a lot of different stuff. So uh, go check those out. Subscribe to our channels. Right under Matt's, I believe, left arm is our Orange and Black Insider YouTube logo that you can – yeah, somewhere down there. You can click and uh, 
and, and subscribe to our channel, get all the stuff. Matt does great work on his Chalk Talk episodes. And then, of course, we've got all kinds of different stuff that we put on our, our podcast channel. So anyway, housekeeping stuff. You can get your questions to us a number of different ways. The Cincy Jungle post, there is a comment thread. We'll be monitoring that. So go ahead and leave them there. We've got live chats in the YouTube and Facebook channels. You can call us or text us, 949-542-6241. And then we're also keeping an eye on the Twitter account at BanglesOBI. So, Matt, let's get to it. I'll let you you bat lead off, my friend, to use a different sports metaphor. Uh, (laughs) One in the the chats that are – uh, striking you. Uh, not a, not a question. Oh, geez, I lost it now. Uh, but there's, there's been a lot of questions throughout the week. A lot of people talking about the offensive line and, and, and I saw somebody in there and, and now, of course I lost it because they're, they're starting to come in a lot, but um, here, right here, uh, the ideal O line to play for the remainder of the season. Is that one that you were making? Exactly with? what I was trying to get into. So perfect. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so already, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, that's that's what everybody's thinking about. That's what's going on here. Um, you, you look, the Bengals put together a, a very makeshift offensive line last week, and they did admirably well. Uh, but despite some of the big names that Tennessee has on defense, they haven't been very good at getting after the quarterback. So, you know, there's. You take that with a grain of salt, you know, from, from what you look at it. Uh, now it looks like guys are, are starting to get healthy. Uh, I think Bobby Hart probably not going to be around. Fred Johnson seems to be a, a bit of a question mark right now. Um, so, th- you know, there are definitely, definitely a few uh, things to uh, consider with, with those guys. But, like, in terms of the long term and, and like, the, the way the question says overall for the season um, – Obviously, it's Jonah. You know, that's the home run. Right. Uh, I think Billy Price did pretty well when he came in at center, but Trey's the, Trey's the center. Uh, you know, he, he has done better over the, over the course of the season uh, after some early struggles. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, but Bobby Hart's been pretty good. You know, so I, I think it's Bobby Hart for now at right tackle when he, when he is healthy. Um, Hakeem needs a lot of work. Uh, he's got a long ways to go. I was a huge fan of his coming out. I still am, but I didn't think at any point that he was going to be a guy that was going to start a tackle for us this year. So, um, Fred, I thought he did some good things though. So maybe Fred is in that conversation and, and, and could push, uh, Hart for, for that spot right now. I think for now it's probably Hart. Uh, the guard spots are where it gets interesting. Uh, the Bengals really like Michael Jordan. Um, I thought he showed good progress as a rookie. It's just, severely leveled off this year. I think a lot of the problems have been uh, in the interior offensive line this year. So, you know, are they going to be loyal to that and keep keep rolling with that with hopes he'll get through it? Um, I don't know. You know, Redman has come in and somewhat solidified things, but he hasn't been great at, at, at right guard. Uh, and now you're looking at you brought in Quentin Spain. You brought in uh, B.J. Finney and you have – Xavier, Xavier, excuse me, Suofilo, uh, does not pronounce it like the like the university. Uh, Xavier Suofilo, who started practicing this week. Uh, you know, unclear if he'll be out there this week, but he started practicing this week, so he's going to be an option again soon. I think ideally, it's Quentin and it's uh, Suofilo. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm that's what I would be hoping for is that it will will end up being uh, those two guys. You made the move to get Suofilo, so obviously. We know you like Jordan, but you made the move to get Suofilo, and then he made a big move to go go and get uh, 
Quentin Spain too. So uh, I think there is a, they did go out on a limb a little bit to get those guys. So um, I think there's some faith there and I, and I like to see those guys get, uh, get the look. It's, it's going to be interesting, particularly at the guard spots, like you mentioned, because the idea was that Suofilo was going to play right guard after being a left guard for pretty much all of his career. Mm. And we're going to kind of do some musical chairs work there. Um, as you said, Redmond has come in and kind of steadied things from some, you know, not, some problems after Suofilo went down. Uh, they brought Redmond back in and he's kind of solidified things a little bit. It's just going to be interesting to see if they end up going with the continuity aspect that they've had there he's really the one constant they've had over the past month uh on the offensive line and and you know at some point last game against tennessee he was like the only kind of starter guy in there uh the rest were a lot of backups so um you know i i'm interested to see if they want to keep that continuity that they seem to be building with with redmond or if they think that they want to get another look at suafilo and like you said they obviously like quentin spain he showed some things too so uh, you had you tweeted out quickly. We've got a call to get to, but you tweeted out, Matt, your your lineup that you had. Uh, I think someone had asked you on Twitter too. What what was your five that you had going into this week, based on, or even maybe going forward, based on injuries and who's who's there, all of that. So yeah, it's not looking good for Hart for this week, and not looking great for Johnson either. So I, I had Hakeem Adenogy starting at right tackle. Uh, with Jonah, Jonah left because it does look like he's going to be back. It looks like Trey's going to be back at center. Uh, and then I went with uh, – I flipped Michael Jordan, who has been at left guard. I flipped um, – excuse me, I, I left him at left guard. Uh, and then I, I flipped Quentin Spain along with uh, Adenogy over to right guard. And So kind of the thinking there was like, – they always talk about continuity on the offensive line. So you've got the left tackle, left guard, center that you had at the beginning of the season. You've got a bunch of guys that are used to playing together. Uh, Adenogy started at left tackle in the last game. And in that first drive, they had Shaq Calhoun in there and didn't go very well. Uh, right. And it really helped him out when Spain came in there. And he had Spain's help, and Spain bailed him out a couple times when guys made inside moves. So kind of like the idea of continuity with that, too. Give him that guy next to him that he, that he knows, that he trusts. Uh, he's going to be on the other side of him now, but you know, to try and create a little bit of continuity and, and uh, a guy that can they can help Adenji out there, because uh, as we know, you know, TJ Watt comes off the right side, uh, so that's that's a big job. But I still don't know if you want to flip Jonah, because um, I wonder if that kind of creates two weaknesses for you. You know that, that now you've got Jonah playing, uh, and Jonah and Hakeem Adenji, the two of them haven't played right tackle since they were freshmen in college in 2016. Uh, so like, so it's not great to move Jonah over there either. So if he's a little out of sorts against TJ and you've got Hakeem, who's not really ready to be starting at left tackle, you're kind of weak on both sides. So I'd rather be good at left tackle and then know that you got to help Hakeem out with, uh, with Quentin Spain over there. And, you know, with some, some chip blocks from, from Geo from Drew Sample. Like I think that's a little bit of an underrated storyline. I feel like uh, in the last few weeks, Drew Sample has gotten pretty good at pass protection. I thought I didn't think he was very good at it at the beginning of the year, but I feel like he's really come along with that that area um, and helping out in the pass game. Yeah, and we've said I know you've said it, I've said it a bunch. I know you know it's starting to kind of get a little more run. Also, Gio Bernard in pass protection is just such yeah. an underrated asset in in this Bengals offense, helping out. You know, you'd like to see him out there as a passing outlet a little bit more, but 
just with the pressure that that sometimes gets through the Bengals' offensive line, his ability to step up and, and negate a, a blitzer there is is something to marvel at. We'll talk more about this in just a second. We do have our good friend on the line. He's been hanging on for a little while. Terrell, I believe, is with us. Terrell, how you doing, my man? How y'all, how y'all guys doing? We're doing good, man. It's Steelers week. We're trying to trying to hope that the Bengals are going to get a signature win. You know what I mean? Enjoy Steelers week. We'll get we'll get to some of these that you mentioned there. Appreciate it. Uh, that's Terrell giving us a call on the I don't know what you want to call that the OBI hotline, whatever Cincy Jungle hotline. Uh, Matt, I mean he he touched on a lot of different things. I know we'll probably continue talking about the offensive line a bit more. I mean we've seen in the past couple of years when the when the offensive line struggled at the first part of the season, uh, particularly in getting a running attack going somehow they made some switches in 2018, 2019, and they appear to be doing some of that again right now where towards the later end of the season, you're starting to see improvement. And I guess that's where the coaching staff says, well, we can kind of work with what we've got here. Um, I, I still think it's a very, based on the amount of hits and sacks that Joe Burrow has taken. I, I mean, as much as I would love a Jamar chase in this offense, I, I still think you can't ignore offensive line early within the first three rounds at least next year I think you need to add in guys you can't keep doing this musical chair stuff right I mean you can't keep kind of pulling guys in and out and try this guy out you got to find your guys and if you if you have capable backups great but you got to find like the guy I think and I still think they're trying to find at certain spots they have one at Jonah they have one with with Trey Hopkins 
and they think they kind of have one with Bobby Hart. A lot of people may disagree with that, but I mean, they're still just kind of mixing and matching and they need to, they need to get the guys at some of these spots. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think that that should be the top priority, especially offensively. That needs to be the top priority. Um, you've got some good receivers, you know, you don't have that, that speed guy, but even though he's not a blazer, T Higgins is, is stretching the field for you. You know, you're, you're able to get some, some deep balls to him. It, it would be nice to have a speed guy in there. I think we can get that guy a little bit later. Uh, I believe it's supposed to be another really good year for receivers. So uh, I think you can find that guy a little bit later. And I would, I would want to go uh, O-line D-line in the early rounds, uh, provided that William Jackson is returning. Now that would be the only thing that would, would get me off that is if, uh, if William Jackson uh, did not return if he left in free agency. Uh, that would have me thinking about the corner position in the first round. Um, but they love yeah, those definitely, I mean, those are the top things that need to be addressed. Yeah, they love those first round corners, man. They they do not hesitate in in drafting corners uh, in the first round. Thanks, Terrell, for calling in. By the way, there was a comment up here. Uh, who was it? Robert Corhonen saying, "Sucks being the only Bengals fan in Southern California. No one to talk Bengals football with." LOL. Well, I don't know if he's talking about me. Or himself, but I'm in Southern California. <laughs> I talk Bengals. Uh, Matt, where are we going next? Uh, well, hey, hey, just a little follow up because uh, there's a couple of questions about this. A couple of people talking about Alex Redman. Um, look, I mean, I, I I think he's done all right, but I I think uh, Spain showed some really good flashes in that game. Just what he can do in pass protection is, is better than really, really any other guy they have in the interior. Um, so I definitely want to get in, him in there. Uh, and, and I think Xavier Suofilo is a guy that has. Um, you know, some athletic ability has, has done some really positive things in, in pass protection in the past as well. You brought those guys in for a reason. You know, those are guys I, I, I'd like to see. I think, look, Redman, Redman's done all right. Um, he's had, you know, a, a few issues falling off blocks, things along those lines. But uh, in terms of the interior alignment that, that we've seen out there, he has he has done pretty well. Uh, but I think that we probably have a higher ceiling with those other guys moving forward. We've got another call on the line, Matt. Uh, right. Another good friend of the show. It is John from Kentucky, longtime listener. John, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great, and thank you, Anthony and Matt, for uh, taking my call. I am uh, I'm in the 53rd year of my life, and uh, I tell you what, this past year has been one of the wildest years, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Wow, it's a wild one. But, uh, so it's only fitting that I've watched this quarterback uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, in all the years I've watched them, he's probably the best that I have seen. And in my opinion, uh, for the – I don't use the term front office. I, I just say the family. The <laughs> Bengals are a family. That's, well, no it's not, it's true. I mean, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So – for the family, this is it for the family. If they're going to get to a Super Bowl, this is the guy to do it. Well, I guess what I mean is uh, they will not get a better quarterback than this in Cincinnati anytime soon. Well, what do you think? Well, I think the consensus is in. I, I could play. I, I should have pulled it up here. There's a an interesting PFF tweet where their podcast, it was uh, Steve Palazzolo, the, one of the head guys there, uh, predicted a Steelers win and used a lot of their data to point to, you know, a lot of their data that points to Joe Burrow being such a great prospect and such a great quarterback already through just eight games. So, I mean, there's a lot here. Look, 
I mean, I think if you if you if you looked at the prototypical quarterback in terms of physical skills, I think you can go to Carson Palmer and say, you know, size, arm strength, all of that. That guy had all the physical tools. I think Joe Burrow has a lot of the physical tools, Matt, but I think where he is outshining the Daltons, particularly outshining a Carson Palmer, maybe even potentially a, a Boomer Sice and Ken Anderson is is up here. And and his ability to see defenses, his ability to predict where the defenses are going to go. I mean, I think that's just his probably his best asset as a quarterback. Yeah, I, I think his his mental makeup is ridiculous, and you know the the fact that he's a rookie. I mean, like a lot of people, a lot of people that know a lot about quarterbacks are looking at him and being like, "This is a five year vet," uh, and you know he just every week he's getting better. He's not repeating the same mistakes. Um, you know, excited to to see what he can do as he as he goes along. Because I mean, man, this this guy is is really something special uh, between the ears. Uh, and then uh, you know you, you come in and, and you see how accurate he is with his with his passes as well. Um, how he can move around in the pocket and and keep himself clean. Um, yeah, dude, dude, special. Uh, phones phones blowing up. We'll get we'll get to another call here in just a second. Uh, but yeah, Matt. I mean, I and I I apologize to John. We had to get to another call. I didn't mean to cut him off, uh, but we had to take his call off the air and get to another phone call. So John from Kentucky, thanks for calling in. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's hard, Matt, because I I feel like you know it's eight games and yeah, he's the number one pick and all that. You don't want to you don't want to like jump the shark, so to speak, in terms of sure. crowning this guy you know, NFL MVP and one of the goats and all of that. But I mean, you gotta like, you gotta love what you've just seen from this guy so far and his ability. And I think Steve Palazzolo of PFF basically said, this is the Bengals aren't going to be out of any games with this guy under center, no matter, you know, and I, I no matter the lead, no matter the whatever, uh, he's going to get yeah. them into it at a minimum, be competitive in a game and get them back into a game. If they seem out of it. Now it's just up to the rest of the team to kind of play, to pull their part. I mean, you know, the, the Colts game, the Chargers game, all this stuff. Yeah. Joe kind of put him on the, on his back, and uh, they kind of let him down a little bit. So, uh, yeah, good. we saw we saw what he can do in week two against the, the Browns. Right. Yeah, that, that's a game that for years they're out of that game, uh, and, you know, as it gets into the fourth quarter. And, and he kept them alive. They had a chance at the end. Yep. We've got our good buddy Jason uh, calling from, I believe, Tennessee. Uh, Jason, how you doing, bud? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. I wanted to call. I wanted to thank you guys uh, and also tell you guys, you guys, I've been watching this show for a long time. I really love how you guys are now combining all the different podcasts. I'm getting to hear a lot of different information. Matt does a fantastic job breaking down all these videos and everything. I'm surprised that you're not on the coaching staff. Personally, (laughs) I think they should think about hiring you. Uh, Another thing I wanted to thank you guys is I live in Atlanta. Uh, I play my dad's music. His name's Jim Bonsai. And I host a show in Atlanta uh, where we all play original music, original content. And I needed to personally thank you guys uh, because we have a sponsor now in Narragansett Beer. No way. Hey. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. No way. to contact you guys. So thank you guys so much for everything you do. You guys have made my life exponentially better in a lot of ways. And I love you guys. And thank you for doing what you guys do. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, we'll take your we'll take your call off the air, but that's awesome to hear. Thanks, Jason. Jason's been a good friend of this show, Matt, and uh, we always love hearing from him. So appreciate that. We've got another call coming in. Uh, let's. Uh, who do we have here? Press one. Who do we? This is the Orange or Black Insider. Who's this? Hey, 
Michael, how you doing, bud? Good, how are you, man? Good, what's on your mind today? Uh, the only thing I wanted to say is that, uh, you know, thanks for doing what y'all do, man. It's great. And uh, now I've been 10 straight games in Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, and, and maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves thinking we can take on Pittsburgh, but what are the three things that are must for us to, you know, maybe get over that hump and find a way? So uh, your your volume was a little low there, Michael, but I, I think uh, I think I caught it. It was basically Matt three your kind of top keys to victory. I mean, uh, I, I guess I can one I talked about this week. Um, it actually was kind of a, a thing that Joe Burrow needs to kind of work on, and it is a very difficult skill. One of the things that plagued him in the Cleveland game, the second Cleveland game. Uh, and against Baltimore was not feeling that backside pressure, that blindside pressure as he was rolling out. And on a couple of occasions, Matt, he got smacked and fumbled the ball away. That mm-hmm. the pressure is going to come this week from Pittsburgh, and it's uh, you know it's going to come this week. And that's one of the things I think that, and it's a difficult skill. I mean, it's kind of an innate feel, right? You got to have your head kind of on a swivel a little bit, but also maintain your eyes downfield to make a play. So. That's one thing that the Bengals have to avoid is that backside pressure where Burrow gets clocked from behind and then it's, it's a sack fumble uh, play that that's just killer. Yeah, and every week I have a five keys to success article that comes out on Cincy Jungle, so you can definitely check that out. But I mean, I really think the big thing is it's up front, you know, on the O line and the D line. Um, look, the the Steelers they can get after the quarterback now, uh, and what's the dude? Uh, Watt is really the dude, but they've got other guys that are very good also with Dupree, with Tuit, uh, and uh, with Cam Hayward. But they have struggled in recent weeks against the run. Uh, they, they've let the last couple, their last couple of opponents run all over on them. So uh, the um, Tyson Alualua, I'm yeah. probably saying that wrong. Yeah. Uh, put me on the spot. That's the sort of name I usually practice before I go in the air or something. But. <laughs> Um, but, but hey, live show, baby. Uh, right. But uh, <laughs> look, he's been out in nose tackle, and and that has had an impact on that front. He's we don't know if we're going to see him on Sunday or not. Uh, if they can get some kind of run game going, just to take some pressure off of Burrow, that would be huge for yeah. them. Against against the uh, Cowboys, like they were moving T.J. Watt around, like they basically had him playing like linebacker and like moving around because they were just making him an unblockable guy in the run game to try and stop the run. Um, if you're the Bengals and you can get them to do that, you instantly check to a pass play because if Watt's not coming, you throw the damn ball. Uh, so, you know, that that would be great there. Try and get some wins. Try and run the ball because it's going to help out your pass protection. Um, and then to flip it around, the Bengals have struggled to get after the other team's quarterback. Uh, Roethlisberger's deep ball accuracy hasn't been great this year. He, he doesn't always seem to be clicking with his receivers in the first quarter, but eventually he starts hitting them. Uh, so you can't let him be comfortable back there. You've got to be able to get after him. Um, if this could, if this turns into a flag football game for, for Roethlisberger where he's just sitting back there and he can go like, eventually they're, they're going to get some big plays on you. Uh, they're going to get it to Juju. They're going to get it to Chase Claypool. They're going to get it to Deontay Johnson and, and they're going to score some points. So um, you got to be able to figure out a way, you know, not just Carl Lawson, uh, Blitzing Hakeem Davis Gaither, Blitzing Logan Wilson, um, 
Sam Hubbard sounds like he's going to be back. You know, maybe Sam Hubbard, especially on the interior in third down situations. Um, they need to have something else to uh, to get after the quarterback and to, to impact Roethlisberger. Yeah, two others since we since he since Michael asked us for three and I only gave one. Uh, two <laughs> others, one's pretty obvious and kind of an old cliche in football is just basically it's if you watch the Steelers and the Cowboys last week, too often Dallas, who really had no right being in that game based on who was playing quarterback, they settled for field goals and they were not scoring touchdowns. And then they would, you know, I think they got close. They fumbled the ball into the end zone one time. I mean, you got it. You got to get points and you got to maximize the opportunities that come, come their way. So, um, you know, four field goals uh, and a red zone to, and oh, and two in the red zone, including a turnover for the, for the Cowboys last week. Right. So, you know, I mean, we, you got to maximize the, the opportunities that you have there. And then the other uh, that I, and, and you, I, I, you brought, kind of some facets of this up mentioning Akeem Davis Gaither, Logan Wilson, etc. I'm interested to see if and when the Bengals are able to generate pressure on Big Ben, are they able to get him down on first contact? Because so many times when this when these teams play, you see big guys like Carlos Dunlap. I when when I do stories and stuff on Cincy Jungle, there's all these pictures of Carlos Dunlap grabbing onto Ben Roethlisberger. How many times, whether it was him, Gino, whoever, have we seen Ben just Looks like he's coated in grease before he before he uh, before the game there. Even in college, when he weighed like half yeah. as much as he does now, yeah, he would just shake guys off and go and, and what take happens, off. Yeah. What happens? Backyard football. He he mm-hmm. breaks out of a play, chucks up a prayer, and a big play happens. So if the Bengals are able to generate pressure, they got to get him down on uh, the first contact. Matt, we've got another call coming through. I didn't catch the name. Hi, this is the Orange and Black Insider. Who's this? Hey, this is Chris Barry. Hey, what's going on, Chris? Nice long time, uh, listener. I don't know if you remember me or not. Yeah, for sure. I know, I know. B e r r e i i e n, right? Isn't that how you spell your name? Close enough. Yeah. Okay. I got two part question. Okay. First question is, as you know, I'm a long time listener. How epic would it be if you had the old school? So to, to clarify your second question, are you saying are you asking if we would rather see the Bengals get a high profile free agent offensive lineman or a high pick? Is it is that the kind of either or you're asking? Kind of, kind of both. Okay. Kind of both. Okay. Um, well, I appreciate it, uh, Chris. Thanks for supporting our our program and the other pro. I don't know which program you're you're speaking of. Maybe the other one I've. Uh, uh, I want to say I kind of forgot some of the names. I'm not, I remember one of the names was Josh Kirkendall. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the one guy he went off and did his soccer. Oh, Nick. Nick Suberling. Yeah. So he, he. Yeah. He brought. He recently brought that back, and I've been. I've been doing some appearances on that one. That's. Uh, uh, gosh, inside the jungle. So he's bringing that back. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a, a collab thing with them too. We're we're doing a lot of different things, and there's a lot of great, pro, a lot of great Bengals programming out. Uh, that's coinciding with really this exciting off season. Uh, We've been we've been doing ours for a little bit here now, so we're we're pretty stoked on where we're at where we're at and the additions of 
Matt and et cetera. But yeah, we're, we're always looking. I know Matt did one with the locked on boys recently and, uh, you know, we're, we're always looking to work with other great people. So we'll try and do that. But <laughs> just an empire, a big Bengals podcast empire. Uh, appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll talk about the offensive line here, uh, off the air. Appreciate it, Chris. Have a good one, man. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess kind of the crux of that question, Matt, is should the Bengals just hammer offensive line as priority one in both free agency and the draft? Should they use one or the other? Um, you know, I, I do think personally, I've said this before, too. I do think pass catchers or wide receiver may become a sneaky need uh, next year because John Ross is set to be a free agent. A.J. Green is set to be a free agent. You know, you've got you've got some questions maybe at tight end. So, I mean, I think that may need to be in the mix early or in free agency there too, but do you think it's just hammer the offensive line big time in free agency and the draft for next year? Not, I guess we're already looking to next year, but <laughs> I, I mean, I, I really think O-line, D-line, um, you know, unless, unless William Jackson uh, does not return, like those are the, those are the areas that, that I want. Um, honestly, I think even, even Carl Lawson's a free agent too. So, I mean, if you lose him, you need a pass rusher desperately. Uh, you need to spend some money or a top pick on a pass rusher, uh, but even with Carl Lawson, I think they're one pass. They're at least one pass. One pass rusher short, uh, you know, preferably like an inside-outside type of guy. They they need more pass rushers. They need to be able to be able to get after that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm with you absolutely. I think uh, you know you go out and you get a tackle in free agency or a high pick. Nobody's gonna complain about that. Uh, you know, they, they could definitely afford to do that. Um, I know. The Bengals have taken some heat for undervaluing guard, so I don't want to undervalue too much. But, uh, you know, I think you can get that guy in the second round. You can get that guy relatively cheap uh, if you if you think you need to go for that spot. Right now, like on the interior offensive line and defensive line, they have a bunch of people, you know. <laughs> like, right. So, like, especially with, with Ad, you get uh, Suofilo back, you get you got Spain now, you got Finney, you got like almost a three deep on the interior line. It's about figuring out which one, you know, who of those guys can play. Um, they're not all going to be here next year, you know, who can play, uh, and then where do you need to supplement it? So right now, it, it they're they're winning, you know, they need to win, they need to try and win here, but you're also in evaluation mode, figuring out where you want to go with that group moving forward. Um, are they your right tackle? I don't think I don't think Hakeem's in the mix yet, but you're evaluating that and looking at maybe maybe he could be in a year. Um, I think Fred might be pushing right now. He might be pushing Bobby Bobby Hart in that spot. So uh, you definitely want to be evaluating that. And then over on the defensive side of the ball, like you brought in a bunch of D tackles and they're doing a pretty good job stopping the stopping the run. Uh, you know those guys have stepped up in, in, into that area, um, but it's about figuring out you know between Xavier Williams, between Mike Daniels. Um, you know, I think Mike Daniels is a guy you want to keep, but some of these other guys aren't aren't going to make it. You know, you're going to have Josh Tupo coming back next year. You, you know, you're gonna you're gonna want to get another guy that can rush the passer from the inside. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's all about the line. You know, offense and defense. I think it's all about the line. Yeah, you know, I go back to what I said before about finding the guy uh, on the offensive line. You've coached football. I've I've coached you know baseball at, at pretty high levels and. You know, obviously, you want to you want to have this mantra of compete, compete. You know, breed competition, and you know, maybe even no job is safe. But I mean, at, at some point, you gotta you gotta kind of lock these these spots down. And and Zach Taylor, the last two seasons, like you said, he's collected guards 
like no other. Uh, I mean, he, he and Jim Turner just collect guards to like like nothing I've ever seen. And then, he, and then last year, based on issues, they had to, you know, they had to play some of them at tackle that had never really played tackle before. So that was kind of a disaster. But, you know, you got to kind of figure out what, what you're doing there and, and get your guys. And I think, I think to your point there about shoring up the line, that's uh, both lines. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you have a fantasy draft and like, like you decide to take a receiver high. Cause you're like, Oh man, I'm going to get Julio. And then you don't get running backs. So <laughs> what do you do? You just fill your bunch with a, your bench with a bunch of running backs. And you're right. like, Guys, yeah, maybe one of these guys will be good. Like that's kind of what they've done to guard and, and diva to tackle, uh, you know, this year. So like that, figure out who who can play, who can be a contributor. But yeah, you, you still got to go out and 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 find some guys that can really play for you. Yep. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, we've, you got a couple more minutes in your Matt? Yeah. I, I, I noticed one uh, in here a while ago. Uh, what do you think will be the uh, quarterback <laughs> rotation? Uh, somebody else commented about, uh, Trey Wayne's, uh, haven't heard anything about him coming back. Like this is about the time when we were, we were thinking he, right. he might be able to, uh, but haven't really heard anything about that. Uh, we do know that we're out Darius Phillips and we know that we're out LaShawn Sims. So, uh, LaShawn Sims had a, got a concussion at practice yesterday, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, Tony Brown's next man up here. Uh, that's, that's what it's going to have to be. Um, I mean, he did some good things in the, in the mock game, uh, you know, for whatever that's worth. We didn't get a preseason. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's, he's a guy I'm excited to, to see get a chance, uh, to compete. We'll, we'll see what he can do out there. I was kind of hoping he would have got a shot a little while ago. So, um, you know, we all we all want to see Winston Rose, but he's buried so deep that I I don't know, uh, you know, if if, if we're going to get that. I think it's really about about uh, Brown right now, uh, because they yeah they they don't have too much depth. Um, they, you know, they, they've also got uh, Mc, uh, McTire who's played a little bit for them on the practice squad. They can elevate all these guys easily now. Okay, they have Jalen Jalen Davis or something. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the injury report. Where as of Friday afternoon, I'm sharing this screen with you all who are joining us via video. I mean, you see, Geno Atkins sounds like he's got a personal issue going on. So hopefully, you know, some good vibes over to Geno. Sounds like something not great yeah. is happening within his family. Not really sure what. You've got Bobby Hart out. Joe Mixon is doubtful as of Friday. 
Darius Phillips is out, like you said, Matt. Uh, Jonah Williams is questionable, but he's practiced all, at least in a limited capacity, all three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you think that he is going to be suiting up on the left there. And then, of course, you've got Trey Hopkins, who should be fine. He's been full practice all week after having his his concussion. Samaje Pirine, full practice with an knee issue all week. So he should be good to go. You mentioned Sims is out. Um, John Ross out again. There was We had a text uh, come through with some questions about John Ross's role. He's going to be out again this week, it looks like. He had a full practice Wednesday, limited practice Thursday, and then didn't practice Friday. So the mystery that is John Ross and how the coaches are handling that remains a mystery. And uh, good news, though, Mackenzie Alexander is – Yes. So you've got – You've got William Jackson, you've got Mackenzie Alexander, and then it's going to be a lot of duct tape, glue, bubble gum, all kinds of different stuff, Matt. Uh, and that's not good because these Steelers receivers, they can play. They can play, and they make big plays. So uh, Yeah, I mean, they've got three good ones. I, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, so, yeah, Tony Brown is the only one that's really an active roster guy left to, to fill into that role. Uh, yeah, uh, so I mentioned Jalen Davis. You've got um, McTire. Oh. oh, okay. Is McTire injured too? I I might be looking at a bad depth chart here. Uh, I didn't see him in the in the uh, on the injury report, but yeah. So you, you know, you got McTire that you know they they trust. He saw a little bit of time for him last year. He's not great, but you know maybe he's a guy that you can you can get by with. Um, the other one would be Brandon Wilson, who's really a safety, but he has played some corner. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe you get into a situation where you put Mackenzie Alexander on the outside and, and you, you're essentially using Brandon Wilson as a, as a nickel. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know they're going to, they got to come up with some creative solutions here. It's, it's kind of, I mean, it's a good question and I don't know that we have an answer for it. You know, it's, it's kind of, here's a little bit of a look on the bangles.com depth chart in terms of their you know you see the corners here well right here Darius Phillips and LaShawn Sims you can cross both those guys out you've got Tony Brown as you mentioned one thing Matt I wonder and it's not a corner thing it's just maybe maybe they transition how how they're playing pass defense and maybe you're going to see a little bit more of Sean Williams on defense kind of roaming around a little bit uh, maybe playing a little more zone and then you know he's his defensive snaps have been very limited this year so uh, yeah, I've been a little surprised by that because I do think he is a better deep field guy than than Von Bell. Von yeah. Bell obviously has has a lot of other strengths, um, but yeah, I mean maybe that's something where you see Von Bell used kind of like a nickel, um, yeah. which is a lot of what they do. And maybe they play they try and play too deep in, in Sean Williams. Um, it's not it's not great, but I think he's better there than than uh, what they get out of Von Bell. Yep, uh, we'll be here just a couple more minutes. Again, uh, if you want to leave your questions, we've got a couple of different comment threads going. Uh, we've got our Twitter account at Bengals OBI. You can also try and squeeze in another call or text, 949-542-6241. We're going a little longer than usual, but the phone has been blowing up. We've got a lot going on. It's Steelers week. You can always catch uh, our programs, whether it's a list of questions live, our weekly uh, podcast, or Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk. All of it is on the YouTube channel, uh, the Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel. All of our audio podcasts are also on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. You can get that stuff on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, and really any major audio platform. It's all there. Go do that. And do us a favor, too. If you like what we're doing, 
on the program. We hate we hate to beg for ego strokes, but leave us a rating uh, helps us out, and not, not only for uh, boosting our visibility a little bit, but also you know lets us know that if there's some constructive criticism or something like that too that you'd like us to hear. I, I know a lot of people aren't shy about doing that behind the safety of a computer screen, so go ahead and do that. We don't we don't mind. We're big boys. Yeah. Yeah, there's some reviews on there, like complaining about the audio from like 2015 and stuff. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got to come in. We got that stuff fixed. We're all good now. <laughs> so exactly. Exactly. I'll bring those numbers back up. So it's like five years ago, you know. Oh, I missed this one. I, I guess Winston Rose is on the COVID yeah. list. I didn't I didn't catch that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that's another one. That one hurts, too. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, also in there, we we, we uh, had a shout-out about uh, Narragansett uh, a little earlier yeah. from, from down in Georgia. But, uh, you know, we got the Narragansett pregame show on Sunday this week. We have been flexed along with the game. Yeah. Uh, we'll be on at 3.30 Eastern, and that can be found live wherever you're watching this, basically, uh, whether it be on uh, on YouTube or on Facebook. Uh, so check us out there. Uh, we'll be live getting you ready. We'll talk about the act, uh, actives, inactives. Maybe something will, some kind of news will sneak out about what the offensive line is going to look like um, that, you know, that we'll be privy to in the last hour there. You never know. Uh, so yeah, definitely check that out too. Cool. Uh, we had a comment on the comment thread uh, on cincyjungle.com. There's a couple questions here, but basically you think with these cornerback issues that I didn't even think about this and uh, really hadn't even paid this close of attention to see that this player was a, was a free agent or available to be picked up. Eli Apple. Do you think that that's a guy that the Bengals um, potentially look at to help remedy some of the cornerback situations? Yeah, didn't he just go somewhere? I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if he is available. I thought he just went somewhere else this year, but um, I don't know if he's a great fit. I, you know, I just, I, I, I think schematically, I think he's a little, I think he's a little bit stiff. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if he'd be a, a great fit for uh, for this team what they're what they're trying to do. Um, you know, they they have been playing a lot of man you know we'll see what we'll see what they get back to but you know if you're jackson was a super smooth guy that you kind of kind of kind of locked down on guys uh you know be interesting to see what they try and do with train here be great to see trey and jackson together <laughs> yeah you know, did used to play with with with, with that's a, yeah that's, that's a great point um i don't know i just i i just think he i feel like he's a little stiff for the things that they're, that they're trying to do here um yeah. In, in, in this setting, uh, who's the other guy? They brought in. They brought in one other. Lose other guys. Oh no, they did. It was the guy from Atlanta. Everybody wanted the guy from Atlanta that had played with Lou in, in New York, and they didn't end up bringing him in. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't. I, if if the question is, do they bring in Eli Apple as a long term answer for for some of the, you know, no. But if it's kind of a band aid thing, a, a bridge thing, until they get Wayne's back, until Phillips is healthy, I mean. Maybe they do that next week if these things seem to be lingering on a bit. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. You know what? If you can get a yeah, yeah, if they can bring in somebody who who's had some success playing in the NFL right, you know, right now with the injury injury issues they're having, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, maybe I was misunderstanding that question. I, I, I would definitely be all for it. But like a long, long term, I don't think he's a great fit. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't clarified. So I mean, I think short term. You know, a little Band-Aid option, I think it's a good – you know, I think he was a first-round pick, too. So, for another first-round defensive back, that's right up the Bengals' alley, right? They love those first-round defensive backs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, no kidding. 
Any uh, were, any others you see here that you want to get to? I, I mentioned we had a text, but it was a, kind of about John Ross, and that seems to be moot since he is out as of Friday afternoon. So, um, um, thank you, you know for what? The, anyways, somebody said it, somebody said something about it way back, uh, and it's not really relevant to this week. But uh, you want to talk about TAC? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so look, the Spain thing was really impressive for the Bengals. Like they went out and they got the guy that we all wanted to get. Um, and you know, like now tack is like the third time that something like that's happened with Mike Daniels. It was like, Oh, well, this is a really obvious move. And they actually did it. Uh, Spain, really obvious move. They actually did it. So it's great to see that they're making these moves. I don't think like I knew about, uh, tack going out there and I saw people talk about it on, on Twitter. And I was like, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll, like I, I composed a tweet about the Bengals should put in for this guy. And I was like, Nah, he'll never get to that point in the waivers. Um, you know, I, I I thought he would just go. I, I thought the Jets would take him. You know, they're, they're sitting there at the bottom of the waiver claim. I thought they would take him. Uh, this is a great pickup and really a no-risk pickup. So, I mean, you get a guy who has a ton of talent, uh, pretty fast, twitchy guy. He can come off, uh, off the edge, um, have 13 sacks in his two first seasons in the league, and then it's kind of fizzled out. Um, it, it struggled over the last couple of years. There's some animosity there. We know all about uh, defensive ends that don't want to be around. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, hopefully things work out for Carlos in Seattle, and, and hopefully, you know, maybe something can work out for Tack here. So I, I think it gives you an opportunity that, uh, you know, you try him out, you see if you can get him working. They need to generate a pass rush now. So if they can get some out of him, that's great. If he walks, whatever, it costs you, you know, Eight hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, or something like that. Like it didn't, it didn't cost you much. Um, he, I don't think it'll matter, but he, he does play into the formula for uh, for cop picks in that scenario as well. Um, or maybe you do look to bring him back. You know, um, we were talking on the on the Megapod, and John Sheeran doesn't feel great about this team spending the money that it's going to cost to bring Carl Lawson back. As I said, if you don't bring Carl Lawson back. You have a major problem. Um, I really think you need two guys because uh, I think you need one guy anyway. So, you know, attack. This is a tryout for Tack. That if you're not going to spend loss of money, and Tack shows some promise, maybe you're willing to invest a little bit in Tack because it's not going to be the, he's not going to get what Lawson's getting on the open market. Maybe you're investing somewhat in him, and that doesn't shore up the position, but at least you feel a little bit better moving forward you know like at least you're like well we got we got tack we got hubbard now we just need to go find another dude to get into the mix and this this team needed pass rush help with Geno atkins either not you know between not playing and when he plays it's very limited and just not mm-hmm. looking at all like the old Geno. you know not getting that interior push not really getting a lot off of the edge aside from carl lawson you get sam hubbard back that'll help um you know, I, I think adding adding McKinley makes a lot of sense. And Matt, I, I said it on my on my brief stint on the Megapod this week uh, that this 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 is total Bengals move, right? Cheap former first rounder, a guy that they can try and squeeze a little bit more production out of. And like you said, it's kind of an audition for them, maybe, or it's just hey, he'll keep us competitive and he'll keep the boat afloat. Uh, for the next few weeks while we kind of get through all of these injuries and try and navigate some things. So Bengals love those former high picks and they like to try and get them on the cheap and be able to try and get what they can out of them and and really kind of 
create an audition for them. I mean, we, you can go back to Tank Johnson. You can go back to Pac-Man Jones. You can go back to all these guys. They love doing this. So it, I think it was a little bit of a surprise because it was kind of a high, high-end move for what is left out there at this point in time. But it's also not surprising because this is what the Bengals traditionally like to do with a lot of these types of players. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely a good point. Like we said, it's, you're spending very little money on them. And even if, if you're not very active in free agency, which I'm expecting them to be active in free agency, like you're going to end up uh, getting a comp uh, pick out of it. It'll go into that formula. So um, nothing to lose here. Great move. Yeah. Let's talk. Uh, let's get out of here with a couple more Steelers questions. If you're still okay with time, Matt, are you, you yeah, still we're good? Okay. Uh, we've got one. Let's see here. Um, this is from Sean from North Dakota text message. Do you think the probable presence of Geo actually bodes well for the Steelers' pass rush? Seems to be better pass pro blocker and for screen games. Two big things we need against that deal. So I think it's actually bodes well, not for the Steelers' pass rush, but does does he being in there this week and having a higher profile role than maybe he normally does with a fully healthy mix-in, does that actually bode well for the Bengals' offense against the Steelers' uh, pass rush as opposed to kind of a mix-in-centric offense? Yes. I mean, you're definitely better off. If you're going to get into a shootout, you want Geo uh, because he's so good in uh, in pass pro. And he's also very good in the screen game, too, yep. uh, as we've seen. Mixon can do a lot more than we give him credit for in the pass game, but he's just not as good as Geo uh, at pass blocking. It's like, it's just not even close. Um, does a lot of other things very well, but just not that one. Um, you know, I. I would like to have Mixon because maybe we can run the ball. You know, that like we saw this team flip the script and be much better running the ball in the second half of last season. Uh, as we said, uh, you know, if the Steelers are, are short their nose tackle, uh, whose name I will not butcher for the second time tonight. Um, yeah, but if they're short that guy, you know, they haven't been great at, at stopping the run. So I would like to have Mixon for, for that reason. Uh, but if this is going to be a shootout, you want Gio in there because uh, Gio is, is an extraordinary pass blocker. So you've watched more film than I have. It seems to me, and maybe this is just a, another benefit to be reaped from having Joe Burrow as your quarterback, but it seems to me that the screen game to Gio is far less predictable and much more effective this year than it was just even a year ago. Um, they, they seem to be popping more big they don't, and they're not using it as frequently because Burrow's throwing the, the distributing the ball well, but I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's just me, but it seems like they're getting a little bit more out of the screen game than they were like last year with Andy, Ryan Finley, et cetera. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I think it goes in line even over the course of this year with the offensive line getting better. Yeah. This, this, this group has gotten better over the last, last few weeks and they've done a better job of keeping themselves out of bad situations. Um, you know, screens, I think Gio actually took one a ridiculous distance, but you know, in the extra yardage situations in, in third down, um, screens don't usually work. Um, I think Gio took it like 30 yards that, that uh, against like the Eagles, but um that doesn't usually pan out for you because it is a predictable situation. So this offensive line wasn't very good at running screens. Like they weren't getting out on time in, over the first week or two. And like they got better at it. You know, they got better at it pretty quickly and, and started to get the, the time with that stuff. And then I think Gio is just better at it naturally. I think that's the kind of runner he is. Um, 
He returned punts in, in college. You know, he, he's he's that type of guy. He can read those the screenplays really well. Um, so yeah, I mean, even over the course of this year, I, I think it, it's something that they've they've definitely improved on. And that's something you really say about Jim Turner. His his groups get better during the year. Like we just need to get to a point where they're coming in the next year. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you're here, right? And then right. you can't you can't come into the next year back down here. You gotta you gotta be right in there and, and keep going up. Um, but, but like they got a lot better over the course of last year, especially running the ball. And like you see that with the screen game this year, they they got a lot better, um, and, and that's been a really good thing for them. Uh, unless you've got any others that are you see that are appealing to you, either in the live thread on cincyjungle.com or in the live chats, I don't. I haven't took a peek at Twitter yet. I don't. I don't know that there's. Uh, this is a simple one. Yes, they're just they're just messing with us, okay. uh, and, they, and they can they can because he's on the COVID list. Um, it kind of you know it's yeah. it's given them the license and the ability to basically hide him from the injury list. Uh, he's he's gonna play. He's, yeah, he's right. definitely gonna play. Now he's got both of his knees are messed up, and he might not make it through the game uh, if if the Bengals are doing what they need to do in pass rush. He might not make it through the game. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, I think he's definitely playing. I, I doubt he would have practiced this week with those knees much anyway. Yeah, cue up that, what is that, the Undertaker GIF where he, you know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, we've got one more here, uh, unless you've got more that you're seeing there, Matt. But I, I've got one. It is a text from Ruben. He sent us a couple. This one kind of revolving around the Steelers uh, game here. Should the Bengals kind of, again, along, along with the geo screen pass question, but should the Bengals use a more hurry up or no huddle offense this week to negate the Steelers pass rush? Or is that just kind of a, um, a passe type of mindset, I guess? Is that something that, you know, Hey, that's maybe not what, what the Bengals need to do this week. Um, I don't know about hurry up necessarily, but uh but yeah, I mean, I could definitely see them going spread a lot and chucking around a lot. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see if, if they're able to run the ball. Um, they want to. They definitely want to get the chips and, and get a little bit of help on Watt. Uh, I think they want to be flexible with that. I mean, I think if Watt's not in the field or if Watt's not on the right edge, you throw the ball. I don't. I don't care what the down and distance is. You just, you just chuck the ball. Watt's not there. We're throwing. Um, don't get me wrong, those other guys are good, but they're not him. So uh, if, if they're going to give you that advantage, take full advantage of it. But uh, hopefully they're able to run the ball a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of talk of the tackles, and rightfully so, for the Bengals this week. But, man, it's a big week for that interior line. I, I said this a couple of days ago. You know, I always knew Cam Hayward was a stud and a very good player. I watched, and him in particular, in the Dallas game, he just lived in the backfield, man. I mean, just, mm-hmm. it's and and his ability to get by even some pretty pretty good offensive linemen. Uh, his ability to get in there and just wreak havoc. It's it is Watt. It is you know Dupree off the edges that are coming in and making some plays and, and sacking the quarterback. But that guy just lives in the backfield. So it is a big week for the interior of the offensive line too for the for the Bengals. He, as much as he reminds me a little bit of Geo, like. When I, when I was watching that Dallas game, and I, I was actually talking to uh, Neil Neil Kulong was on uh, the podcast for the downloadable podcast. If you check that out, uh, he covers the Steelers for Steelers Wire. Um, we were talking about this, and it was like 
yes, the Cowboys were able to run the ball every time there was a stop, like every time there was a, a defensive win for the Steelers. Uh, it was either they foolishly didn't block Watt on the backside and he ran it down, or Cam Hayward just destroyed his block and made a play in the backfield. Yeah. Uh, like he's ridiculous. He just he just ragdolls guys and makes plays in the backfield in the run game. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get on out of here. There's a lot of, of uh, unless you've got any more, Matt, that you want to get to. I'm seeing I'm seeing stuff that are predictions. And yeah. I'm going to say this. We're not going to give our predictions on this show because you got to tune into the Narragansett pregame show where we give our predictions. Am I right about that, Matt? I, I, That's I right. Cut my bounds, but. In the final minutes, yep. <laughs> right. you got to tune into the pregame show if you want to know our thoughts about the game and all of that. Uh, do we have, did, you, did we get a guest lined up for this week, Matt? Uh, not yet, not yet. I'm, I'm still, I'm still working on it. It may or may not be one. Okay. <laughs> well, we uh, we oftentimes have special guests, or we uh, get you some insight from guests we've talked to during the week, anyway. So we'll have some some outside perspective on the Bengals versus Steelers in terms of maybe someone who uh, talked to you know that covers the Steelers, etc. So we'll we'll be definitely getting to that on the pregame show. We'll be giving our own analysis. It's Matt's the the thing coach. He's the he's the coach. He's the coach of that show. So he spearheads the thing, and then it's John Sheeran and myself. We talk a little game. We we have a little fun with it, showing what, how we're tailgating or spending our pregame, uh, I guess festivities before the game. So join us for that. It's a lot of fun. And thanks to Narragansett Beer. Anything else before we get on out of here, Matt? Where where do people find you? I mean, I'm sure they know by now. You've got an immense Twitter yep. following. And at, at, at Coach Minick. Minnick, Minnick with an H. Uh, yeah, so you can check out all my stuff there and uh, all over all over the uh, Orange and Black Insider YouTube page as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in, for submitting questions. We had a lot of callers today. People aren't shy anymore. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for calling in, texting in. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. Steelers week, part one, week 10. Bengals go to Pittsburgh. Take on the Steelers. Enjoy it. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.